How do you maximize performance with your sales force? My name is Anthony Garcia, and I'm the host of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. Join me every week as we discuss topics such as performance or improving retention. And we do so by interviewing some of the top sales professionals and entrepreneurs around the world. Now, let's enjoy the show. Catapulting Commissions family, welcome back. Today is a monumental day, and I'll tell you why. This is the 50th episode of the Catapulting Commissions podcast. What this show has done and what you have helped this show do is grow exponentially. The guests that we've had on the Catapulting Commissions podcast have been world-class. The lessons that, that have been taught and the lessons I've learned from the guests on the show have changed the way I do business, have changed the way I coach my clients, have changed the way I manage my team. And when this show started in January of 2020, I was a little nervous. I have to be honest. Was the show going to be a hit? Would there be people listening? Would it get downloads? All the questions that people have when they put a project out to the market, the self-doubt, right? I'm not immune to it. It happens to me as well. And I was a little terrified. Got to be honest with you. I was scared as heck when this show started. But I knew one thing. I would just put in the reps and I would put the content out. If you follow the last few shows, we have played the top four downloaded episodes of 2020. We're going to finish that programming today with one of the most downloaded episodes of 2020. But before we get to that message, things are going to change with the Catapulting Commissions podcast. So be sure to click subscribe. Be sure to put your notifications on. Be sure to make sure you're connecting with the Catapulting Commissions podcast every week. You can text us at 661-228-8967. Text hello. Get connected with the community and you'll never miss an episode. You'll never miss the information that's going to get put out because here's what's changing. Starting next week, we're going to go back to our interview format. I have some amazing guests lined up, and you're not going to want to miss that. Following that, every Friday, you'll get a notification. We're doing the Friday Focus on Catapulting Commissions. It'll be a 6- to 10-minute episode of some sales strategy, leadership strategy, a applicable skill you can implement into your sales week, your sales weekend. And you'll be able to apply that information and communicate with the Catapulting Commission's team by simply texting 661-228-8967. And when that show airs, we are going to double the output. You're not going to want to miss this. So to say that 50 is a monument, yeah, I'm excited for 50. But I'm more excited for episode 500. I'm more excited for episode 5,000. I'm more excited to keep this thing moving along. Because the value that has been put out into the community, I hear the feedback. I enjoy hearing what you're saying. I enjoy getting the emails, the LinkedIn messages, the DMs. I read them all. Now, I may not be able to respond to all of them, but I do read them all. So I appreciate the feedback. And if I can get a response to you on those social media platforms, I will. But if you text me at 661-228-8967, you will get a response from me. So without further ado, 
our 50th episode to celebrate us into the new year, to celebrate us, to catapult to commission season two. I guess we'll go yearly seasons starting next week. Chris Ross. Now, a little bit about Chris Ross. We had Chris Ross on earlier in the year in the fall, uh, in the beginning of September. The title of his show was Winning Authentically. It was a two-part show. Today, we're going to condense it to one, so it's going to be a little bit of a longer show. But here's some of the information you don't know about Chris Ross. He runs a massive sales organization with massive leadership. If you follow his Win-Win Effect podcast with Chris Ross, some of the guests on there are amazing. If you follow Chris Ross and his social media, some of his teachings and trainings are skills you can apply today. And I'm saying this, I'm, I'm humbly excited that this is one of the most downloaded episodes, but I'm also saying this, that I follow Chris as well. And I read his posts, I read his blogs, I read his social media output, and everything is applicable. There's nothing there that's fluff. Everything he's teaching you, he's done. So I will tell you this. The vibe on this show is so much value with Chris Ross. I'm excited to have him back on this episode for a rebroadcast of one of the most downloaded episodes of 2020. Catapulting Commissions family, as always, like, subscribe, comment, share your copy, uh, share a copy of this podcast on your favorite social media platform. Use the hashtag Catapulting Commissions. We are going to continue to grow in 2021. I will see you next year. Let me tell you about my guest today. Chris Ross has led corporations to award-winning and high-performing sales teams, as well as pioneered profitable business development programs for his own companies that are nationally accredited. Chris specializes in training international business executives, companies, and corporations on methods, techniques he has developed over the years on adopting both sides of the buyer-seller relationship. In his current state, Chris has contracted with 61 different companies and corporations around the world where he aligns his sales process that is producing massive results and radical transformation. Now, a little bit about Chris. He is also the CEO and founder of the TCR Consulting Agency, the industry's first and only nationally accredited program that provides students with the comfort of knowing his company is audited by regulatory agencies a few times a year. His company guarantees transparency and ethical practices. In February, he stepped down from the chief executive officer to move into a chairman position. He's hired a corporate staff to take over. And in beginning in January 2021, he is shifting to 100% trade school TCR Education Corporation known as Winject Inc. It's the new venture he's spearheading, teaching companies and corporations on his methodologies, aligning his sales process to increase sales numbers to astronomical transformation. Last but not least, he let's talk about this. He's on a top-ranked podcast show, The Win-Win Effect. We sure to include that link in the bio. And overall... Chris is based in London, England. Stand-up dude. I couldn't be more excited to have Chris Ross on today's episode of Catapulting Commission. We are going to deliver a high value from someone who's doing it at levels others want to get to. Chris, welcome to the Catapulting Commission show. Man, I'm honored. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I know that you know our relationship over the past six months or so, I'll be having a lot more conversations about different ways and how we can support each other. So I'm really blessed to have you you know, reach out to me and have me on your show. I would serve your audience. 
Dude, I, I appreciate it, Chris. Honestly, dude, we I've learned and being in this industry and, you know, quote unquote, thought leaders or putting yourself out there and developing your content mm-hmm. and pushing it. You know, the world is is told we're supposed to compete with each other. But people that that are executing at the highest level collaborate with one another, dude. And that's Absolutely. really what I really, really what I dig with you. So. One of the things that I've learned, and I, my audience has to hear this because I want to deliver some high high value right out the gate. Win-win effect podcast, Winject Inc. I've learned, and through our conversations, winning is something we discuss all the time. Mm-hmm. So I'm going to ask you a really simple question, and we'll just run with it. Are you the type of person who loves to win or hates to lose? I embrace the losing okay. more than enjoying, I would just say winning as a whole in mentality. And here's the, the reason why. Because you don't win or lose. You win or learn. You're just learning a different way of doing it. Okay, how can I make the proper adjustments or measuring and reassessing to make an impact or hitting the outcome that I'm searching for? That mentality comes within. You have a quitting mentality or you have a winning mentality. I don't quit. Because what you're doing with your brain, your, your conscious part of your brain, subconscious, you don't want to turn that into okay, I'm going to stop right now. Maybe I'll take a break. Because when you take that break and you reach a certain level of success, guess who's going to catch you eventually? Competition. That's right. So when you believe, you don't believe in competition, you believe in community and that abundance mentality and believe, completely believe in abundance. And most people say, Anthony, hey, I believe in abundance, but I do, they do well and they just don't want them to beat their numbers. Well, that's not really believing in abundance. You have to completely, wholly, inside your soul, believe in abundance. I want the best for everybody. If you put in the work and you are dedicated and you have that self-discipline and say, listen, I'm going to have this system. I'm going to work on this. I'm gonna, here's what I need to accomplish. Become 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And they're not really worried about all the, I guess, accolades and you know all the, the people out there, haters. I love haters because guess what they're going to do? They're going to hate and they're going to still hate and they're going to still go to their sometimes shitty jobs or shitty life. And you're going to still keep going back to that. So I really don't care about the winning part because that's just going to happen. That's just the outcome. Eventually, you know, by the time I'm I'm playing an infinite game, I'm not playing a finite game of winning. As long as I have the resources available, I'm going to continue to keep winning. And that all starts from here. Dude, I, I love what you're saying there, right? It's a it's a it's a never ending game. It's it's mm-hmm. so funny that you say that when it comes to winning. You know, I've I, I look at you know I, many years ago, and every now and then I'll, I'll occasionally join a game. But I, I played competitive high stakes poker for a long time, and I used to just describe to people, it's just one long game. At the end of the day, right? Yes. It's it's one long game. Sometimes I win a lot, sometimes I lose a lot. At the end, it's just one long game. And I, you know, that probably gave me some mental fortitude in my early twenties to say, okay, in my professional career, it's just one long game at the end. Really. If at the end of the, at the end of the year, I just want to win one more time than I've lost sit mm-hmm. and, and embrace all the challenges that come with it. But you said a mention, you just mentioned, how do you get 1% better every day? You know, you're looking to prove 1% better. Talk to us a little bit about your practices, right? You've, you've created this massive company. You're, you're respected throughout the sales community and sales leadership community. But you even said yourself, you're trying to get 1% better every day. Mm -hmm. So where does that come from and how does somebody identify their path to improve 1%? It changes for everybody. 
think about this overall. A lot of people, they want to be successful. They want all the turn from rags to riches. You hear all these stories and people turning themselves into somebody, transforming themselves into another version of themselves. The way that I look at setting goals and me trying to overachieve and accomplish the things that I'm really setting out for myself, you know how you have these people that say, I set this goal. Well, you have a goal, but you have to have something to chase as well. And that's a target. So when I'm setting a goal, overall goal, that goal is going to continue to keep getting bigger and bigger because there's always a different level. Always a different level. It says, you probably know this, obviously the achievements that you've accomplished over the years. You probably would never imagine the opportunities that you have today, Anthony, the, 10 years ago. Never. Yeah, no, absolutely not. I, that's, I'm, I never thought I'd be in London. Okay. I mean, I grew up on a dirt road. I'm on a, on a 33rd floor in a penthouse and over, it looks over O2 in London. Okay. How did that happen? Hard work. Yeah. You have to know what the hell you're doing. Hard work. You got to be able to work, but it's not about you just working hard. You have to understand and make the proper adjustments in yourself. You can't just, Hey, Hey, I want to become 1% better each and every day. There's days, Anthony, I don't, I wake up in the morning. I don't want to do it, but it's the hardest battle. I win every freaking day is at 5. AM. That's when all the self doubt, all the, the naysayers are listening to, you know, inside of my own head, you got to get out your own head and just get out your own way and just win. You know, I go with mind, body, spirit. Talk a lot about this mind, body, spirit. I don't work out first thing in the morning, but I need to get myself into like a sweat or trying to transform myself into or putting myself into that type of frame of mind. Like my bedroom, I look at it as a sanctuary and I don't take my phone or any devices in my room because that's a distraction. Is it not? It is a huge distraction. Huge distraction for people. We have a attention span of a freaking goldfish. <laughs> the first thing they do is they wake up in the morning, they touch their phone. What's in your phone, Anthony? Distractions. People's request wants from me. I mean, everybody wants something, but there's a certain amount of time. I need to give myself enough time to get myself ready to attack the day. So when I get myself dressed, you know, work out, whatever I'm doing, walk out the room. When I'm walking out of my room, I'm walking into a 12-round fight like music going on in the back of my head, inside of my head, theme music. I'm, coming, I'm going to attack my day. And the first thing I'm doing is I already have my tasks from the night before written out to get to the outcome. There's certain days, we all know this, we're all entrepreneurs. Certain days I walk in the office, get punched right in the face. Well, I'm prepared to overcome that because I know exactly what I need to do. There's, it's, it's not really, a lot of people, they try to make it so complex and so, I mean, so complicated for themselves. It's not that difficult. Successful people or people that, you know, work hard every day and working smarter and making the proper adjustments and trying to achieve great things. It all starts with how they attack their day and their, their daily routines. And a lot of times, I know it sounds cheesy, but it's true. I mean, I live, I literally live and die by that code. I got to become 1% better tomorrow than I am today. And I've done it now for the last seven to eight years and it's transformed my life. Like transform my life. I like where you're saying that because as you describe it, you're really trying to attack small incremental improvements. Mm -hmm. yes. So as you're saying that, I picture the whiteboard. We all have the whiteboard. We have something. Here's what <laughs> I need to right do, right? Yeah. So I have my whiteboard of things I, I, I things I need to accomplish. I have I'm 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 a freak by nature. I have post-it notes all over my office. I I didn't poor trees that I write post-it notes everywhere. And I, <laughs> and I sit and I look and I'm like, dude, I have, you know, here, as soon as I finish something, I pull them down. But 
there's days and I, I, you know, I don't want to seem that I'm better than anyone else that I'm perfect. There's days I fail. I fail hard. Mm-hmm. Right. I, I, you know, I get up early 7am teeth kicked in the face, things get frustrated or a task that was supposed to get accomplished doesn't get accomplished. And so it, it, it buries me. And, and it's probably one of the biggest internal struggles I personally have when I have a, when I have a day that's going bad or I have a day that's failing, it's that mental fight, not to turn to two, not to turn to three. And yeah. so in, in your approach where, Hey man, I'm just going to try to get 1% better. I like that because I look at it for me, right? If you, if you were coaching me here, I'd be like, do well, okay. Today was a horrible day. I failed miserably. You know what, dude, tomorrow I'm just going to be 1% better than I was today. But yeah. can't worry about that. I failed yesterday. Can't worry about what it was, what, how awesome I was four days ago. I'm just going to mm-hmm. get better. And if, and if you're always approaching that from an analytical approach, looking back saying today's the day I'm going to be 1% better than yesterday you're always going into upward trajectory right. over the you just long haul. You just got to move that. You just got to move the needle. That's it. You just got to move like it just that. a little bit. Just show me progress. I didn't lose because I overall, I, I became 1% better. If you focus on just that piece, you don't have to feel that feeling of a, a defeat that's, that can ruin you overall. If you have, haven't, think about baseball, Okay. Okay. I'm a baseball, I'm a huge baseball fan, huge baseball fan growing up. Wait, before we go, um, who's your team? Uh, the Braves. Yeah, so I know how we lose, okay? <laughs> lose big games. <laughs> we lose big games, okay? So, All right. Uh, the 90s, we owned the 90s, but it, we got to the, we owned the National League in the 90s, but we couldn't just get, we have one national championship or one uh, World Series. So awful. But baseball is a game of inches. So is sales. So is success, in my opinion, because people, Look at 162 season. That's a long season. Well, how many days are in a year? 365. So they have a saying that says, um, a, a ground ball with eyes. You get one little stinky pass, you know, you get to three hit batting 300. That's average, right? You get below 250, then you're not going to be in an all star game. But becoming 1% better in that dedication and self discipline it takes to be able to get that one extra base hit or that second two extra base hits a week. Those little small numbers add up over time consistently. And then those, and that's when you start seeing that compound effect of that 1% better every day. And a perfect example, like sales calls. So I'll get a lot of messages from a lot of salespeople saying, Hey, what would you, what advice would you give a younger salesperson to perfect what they're doing? Like, do you record your calls? No, I don't like to hear my voice. I don't like, it's weird. Well, <laughs> well. Yeah. Oh, well, you want to become great? It's the small details. That's the difference between good and great. Small details. So if I'm listening to a call, I'm listening for what's my tonality? Where am I going? Where's my direction? Why am I asking that question? Damn it. I keep pigeonholing myself. Why do I keep asking that question? I'm the guy that walks around the supermarket cursing at myself because I'm listening to myself from the previous. I still do it, Anthony. I'll do this when I'm, when I'm watching this and replaying this. I'll actually replay it and write out where I probably should have asked you a question. That's how much I care about what I do. And that's why I love what I do. And it shows and it, people feel that they don't just hear it. So I, that's yeah, dedication piece. That, that there, right. Is, is what we look for, right. In, in, in hiring, recruiting, training, when I'm looking for a sales professional that, that comes out to me and says, Hey, I want to break into mm-hmm. six figure sales. I want to break into high performance sales. 
you know, my, I always ask them like, okay, well, what do you do to improve yourself? Like what, mm. and everyone has like the, the very vanilla, I read books, do things. That's great. What do you do when no one's watching? And recording your calls, that's that's huge, man. I, I think about recording your calls. I, I role play myself all the time. I, I sit there before a big call, a big meeting. I mean, I role play it to the point where I'm hearing objections, concerns before they even come up. And if they don't come up, I've prepared for them great. But I sit there and I role play. And I think the higher level of success you get. And then now this is, you know, let's say society's definition of success. You make a certain amount of income, you hit certain rankings, you do well in, in life. And as you, as you grow in life, you're like, Oh, I've arrived. I've gotten good. Yeah. Complacency is a cousin of mediocrity. It sucks. It kills yep. people. It pulls them out. And yesterday I was on a drive home and I, and I sat there and for myself, I, I'm always looking for ways for personal development. I popped in an audio book and I say popped in, there's no CDs on my phone. I pressed the audio, book, played the audio book that I, that I haven't listened to in a long time, just to hear the messages again, just to refine that skill set. And as I sit there and I'm driving, I'm like, you know, when people work or want to work with like a, a sales consultant or want to work on improve their craft, this is the right. things that we don't see. This is the things that we don't promote. Thing, hey dude. Do, do I want to hear someone's and, you know, kudos. I mean, the book is phenomenal. The audio book, you know, the, the voice actor can right. be a little bit more entertaining, but I'm listening, trying to draw information out, utilizing that time. So when, where did that come from you? I mean, you have this approach where you're like, Hey man, I'm mm -hmm. going to approach my sales career. I'm going to approach my company as, you know, this is my domain. Mm -hmm. I'm going to be the freaking Michael Jordan in my industry or LeBron James or, or whoever it may be. Where did that come from from you? Because there's people mm -hmm. listening right now that want to get there. They just don't know how. You know, you just said that and something triggered and it kind of hit a, hit a nerve, hit a button with me. You know, you say, I want to be the Michael Jordan of sales or the LeBron James of sales. I want to be the Chris Ross of sales. And I am. I believe 100% believe in being 100% authentic within myself. And that, okay, let me kind of back this up a little bit and backtrack. You know, like the old sales scripts and shit that you would get is sales techniques. I've studied every sales technique out there. What I'm doing is I'm just put, plugging in, poking holes on why it doesn't work. You got people that have sold 30 years ago that cannot sell today in today's marketplace. And I'm proving it. The different eras of sales. We talk a lot about this. We're in an information phase in that era. That we live in a digital world with a stone age brain. Still it's the same brain. And people can access information just like yes. you access my bio. Went on the internet, you looked, read a little bit more about me, understanding where I come from, whatever. You already have the information. I no longer have to talk about that. But me becoming the Chris Ross of sales is because I want to not just make an impact with the people that I'm enrolling into programs or selling. I just do it in a different capacity. I'm still doing the same thing. I'm, I own corporations now, but I, but I call comes, it comes from sales. It all came from sales in a way that I would have a conversation with people and not sound like I'm reading off a piece of paper or script. It's, it has to be authentic. I mean, if I called you right now, Anthony, and we, if I didn't break through and got your attention, I mean, what are the chances of me going through and asking you questions? I mean, you're not going to be engaged on what I'm talking about. So if I can give any piece of advice to anyone out there listening to this, ask yourself one question, what can you do differently to really stand out? And it all comes from, you taking a second and then looking at what your approach is. Some of you 
or just trying to read a script. And if it's okay, if you like a script and you like some things that keep you on track, but there's a lot of things on that script you're not going to be able to do and execute perfectly because you don't have enough emotional intelligence. So you're talking about reading books. If you want to read books about sales, I know that you have a great book, right? It's not about just reading and consuming information because you can get fall into a trap at about, you know, the talks about, about, I think it was Brad Lee talked about this. It talked about uh, success zombies. They keep going to these freaking, <laughs> all these events. They're trying to learn shit all day long, self-development, <laughs> but they keep going to all the other events. I don't go to them shits. I don't, I'm looking for explicit knowledge. I'm taking that knowledge, that, that catapulting commissions book. I'll look, read that book and I'll pick out three pages from that book and read it over a hundred times. And how can I implement that within my system? Well, that doesn't work. Okay, great. I'll debunk that, move it out, make the proper adjustment. Okay, I'm going to read this. I'm going to implement this within my sales process. If that makes an impact, great. We'll keep that. Maybe we'll tweak it. That's how much you have to put into your approach, your game. I approach every call differently. Every call. It all sounds, sounds different because I'm talking to different individuals. We're all special, unique creatures. Are we not? We're different. All of us are different, different backgrounds, different. 100%. We grew up in different cultures. We have different stories tied into an emotion. I have to, I talked a lot about this, but re, the, just the two skills that people really need to develop to become great in sales and make an impact, learn how to anchor and frame. If you're learning how to re-anchor and reframing, it's a cycle. Mm. Because every emotion or situation, okay? So if you have an emotion, people have something, if I said a relationship with money, that's going to hit a nerve with people. It could be positive, it could be negative. If it's negative, I need to re-anchor that emotion with a different story. So I'm going to change the narrative and changing the perspective, doing it by reframing it and having them looking through a different lens. That's all I do all day long is reframe and then I drop anchors. And keep. And so just like uh, when you go to Vegas, you have like the weight of this glass. If you're trying to get the beer off or whatever it is, you need to put something there to hold that weight. That's what re-anchoring is, an emotion. So I'm going to pull right. that negative piece off and give you something positive, a different way of looking at it, and now we're good. I hope that makes more sense. I know sometimes I describe that to people that as I sound like freaking no, I, I think sound like may- I'm crazy, I'm nuts, but it, it's 100% true. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com. Once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, catapulting commissions now let's get back to our show well first of all kudos to you because you did say whatever you can do and i wrote this down what can you do differently to stand out and out of everything i've i mean i've i've been in personal development and consuming and learning 20 plus years anchor reframe one of the very first times i've ever heard of that so kudos to you but it does make sense because it 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 really is it's to me as you say anchor reframe it's not a hard pivot to abandon. It's a pivot yes. with the, the idea of I still want to move forward. So how can, how can I make a quick pivot and continue to move forward? Where adjustments can I make? And, you know, if, you, if we tie that back into a sales professional, we think about sales professionals going into their sales call. 
going to deliver value, right? A real estate agent having having a listing, big listing, or, or you're going into a huge, mm-hmm. huge contract appointment and trying to sell something. That anchor reframing approach, anchor pivot move forward, yes. that only comes off when it's authentic and unscripted. Because if you follow the script and we've all and, and we've all done it, right? I I mean I grew up learning how to sell right. from a script nearly 20 years ago. I don't do that anymore. And, and if I have high ticket meetings for me personally, you know, my, my simple strategy, I have little, little bullet points of information I need to extract. And that's typically what I have written on my notes, my portfolio, my computer, wherever I'm mm-hmm. meeting with somebody, that's more for me. It's not a script. It's just, Hey, don't let, don't get it. Don't get emotionally invested. Don't lose yourself. But anchor yes. reframing only works when you're authentically listening to somebody and you're trying to, you're trying to achieve the objective of the sales call, whether it is to get to the next appointment, whether it is to, to close a contract, whether it is to get someone to give you their credit card or, or you choose you as a realtor, whatever the situation is, anchor reframe. Now, when you, when you take this approach and, and anchor mm-hmm. reframe and you go back and you analyze it, how many times do you make a mistake in anchor reframing? Uh, all the time. I, I listen. Boom. That's that's I what I'm looking for. I have yet to perfect my approach, and yet to to perfect the way to anchor and reframe because it's impossible. But I keep getting better every time. Talking about a situation, like a situation, just whatever situation. I have not yet. I have not. Now, I mean, I don't want to write, but knock on wood, right? I haven't heard. I think I've heard every potential objection, everyone from every person, every walk of life as we speak and there's not hasn't been one i haven't been able to overcome because i i deal with those way up front i head them off and that's how i I anchor and reframe i i just all the whole process is i'm going through i'm just re i'm reframing the way that they're looking at a situation so we're on a call right now so if i moved my the way that i'm looking right now in the box that box and moved it you would be looking at the o2 right now but sometimes it's just a different way of looking at life. So, so say for instance, if you have working with someone that sees the value, has sees a value proposition, you went through the steps, went through the process, and they're going to make a buying decision. I already covered how they, the decision making process way before they have to get to a buying decision. There's no buying decision. If people ask me, and you probably hear all, all the people in the world right now are probably going to be listening in. Here's my pitch. You want to hear my pitch? There's no pitch. (laughs) There's no pitch. I don't ever try to pitch some. If you have to pitch someone, you're losing. You're going to lose. This is how you, this is how you completely eliminate buyer remorse. There's zero buyer remorse. I don't sell in a high state, sell a low state. We're all neutral. We're going to make a decision together. It's a lot of mutual, mutual agreements are going to lead to that buying decision, but you're going to usually ask me, Chris, do I qualify? Can I buy this? Because you no longer have the, I guess, authority to buy what I'm selling at the beginning. I take it away from you. The people that I recommend for this program, product or service, are the ones that I select. And here's what I'm looking for. So here's my standards, and I get them to go to my standards. I don't ever lower them and compromise that. Does that, I mean, I know that a lot of people do different approaches, but I take away right from the beginning. So, you know, what's really funny, right? There's so many fundamentals as you're saying this, and, and, I, and I've heard you mention that before. And, and when you first mentioned, it, I'm like, man, that sounds so familiar. And I, and I understand mm-hmm. it. Scarcity. When you take that ability away and you make it, you know, now yes. it's no longer you making the decision. It's me making the decision. Mm-hmm. I naturally want it more. 
right? It, do, it doesn't matter what the, what the product or service we're selling. The moment it's not my decision as the buyer to say, hey, I want this, it's your, um, your decision as, as the vendor mm-hmm. or the seller to, to say, hey, I'm going to recommend this for you. This is what you should, this is yours. Uh, it, that scarcity approach is one of the key fundamentals in influencing people to make a decision. And the way you frame it now is relative for 2020 and 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 that is yes you know you you mentioned the digital age stone age brain you know, there's there's sales we'll just call them gurus in quotations that will sit and, and run methodologies and, and tactics and approaches that have been around for 30 40 50 years that aren't adapting to the modern day consumer the modern day buyer and i like how you take that approach now when you when you eliminate that are you how I mean, we can, we're, I want to pick your brain on your sales process methodology here in a second, but, but how do you set that up for somebody? Because as I hear that, I'm hearing the, I'm hearing the beautiful result. I'm hearing the, the part that looks good. I take it away from you, but where does that process start? Where do you take away that power from the consumer? First interaction, even the marketing, the way that they're going to market it, okay. the marketing team is when I'm going in and I'm aligning that process. I'm aligning that methodology within the whole company and the way that they approach customers. I mean, a lot of people try to say that they're customer centric, but they're really not. (laughs) I'm customer centric. I'm going to focus on what's in the best interest of that person going into that barrier of entry. Is there a barrier? How many barriers of, you know, you issues do you have within that corporation? I mean, that's a huge issue for me. So I need to attack them the, the way that they're marketing as well. Some of the copy that they're putting on their websites, you can request the information. You don't get information. That's a, this sense of entitlement. Can I say a bad Please. word? <laughs> <laughs> the sense of entitlement for motherfuckers drive me nuts. Okay, let's be real. They they always want like oh the the company said that I was going to get a t shirt if I came to this class. Well, well who gives a shit? You you don't are entitled to anything in this world. It drives me insane. It's like one thing that my biggest pet peeve is an entitlement. It drives me nuts. So. When I'm trying to align in marketing, I'm look, you can request information for a free consultation with one of my sales reps or one of the processes to start the enrollment process if you qualify, for those who qualify. Just that saying, that little piece it in, for those who qualify. That lets them know that they're going to walking into that first meeting and they need to impress someone. I hope that makes sense. So you're completely taking it. They already know approaching that meeting, there's zero judgment, zero issues. They're, you know, they're going to go in that call. They're going to fill out a background assessment. So the rep knows a little bit more in depth about them. So they're coming to learn. They're coming to, you know, put their Sunday school, (laughs) your Sunday best on, and they want to impress my reps. So they're getting there and they're approaching that differently. You see how that changes the dynamic of that first call. Right right out the gate. Yeah, absolutely. Right out the gate. They're like, who is this company? Who who built this process? What this company must be legit. I mean, man, this is, this is why that I built the corporations that I have because I'm doing it com- with the student in mind at all times. How can I increase the overall experience of that customer and turning them into a lifelong client? This is how it's done is that you make it a part of the process of a recommendation process. Like if for those who qualify, for those of people that I do bring on within and we do start the coaching process, let's make it, make it easier for the listeners to say it's a coaching business. Okay. The people that I work with, and are the ones that really want to show me effort. And you're showing me effort. That's a no talent required <laughs> thing for you, right? Effort, effort. So if you're showing me effort through some of the assignments that I give you, 
showing up on calls on time, doing the extra work when, you know, putting, putting out your assignments, bringing up maybe some suggestions that you would like to change within the process to make it more easier for you to maximize your ability or maximize your process with this and results later if you get recommended. Great. And the next thing I look for is if you have the right attitude. You can't buy an attitude, can you? No, not at all. If you have a right attitude and you're approaching things with an optimistic, going looking at life through an optimistic lens, we're going to focus on how can we get around that problem and turning it into a, having this right solution. You can't have a program or product or service or good in mind that isn't adaptable. It needs to be, you need to be able to mold that into that person. It's not a one size fits all solution for most people. You need to be able to make the proper adjustments. So that's why I'm saying the people that we look for the people that we look for to enroll into a program, we say coaching program, we're looking for the right attributes from them. I mean, you're saying that it's so funny. I go back to high school football and I remember my high school football coach saying there's two things you can control, attitude and effort. And in you, we take that approach, same thing in business. When you take that decision out, as you're saying that apply for this program, you know, you're, you're essentially you know, it's an audition for lack of better. It's an audition to work with you. And I think about that is uh, if I wanted to, let's go say, say I wanted to improve my, my basketball skills, which I'm not good, but I wanted to work with LeBron James and say LeBron James just retired and LeBron James could work with me or work with the number one high school prospect that's coming out. That's probably going to go mm-hmm. to the NBA. Like I, you have to apply and prove your work to even be in that conversation. And so when you run your business in that capacity, that, that it's, I want to work with people on my terms and you create that scarcity approach and, and you take that decision. It's no longer your decision. It's really my decision. I, I like that, man. Yes. I think about my own, my, my own consulting approach and my own clients that I work with. It's, it's funny. I, I've shared this with a lot of people where I've, you know, Anthony, your coaching clients or Anthony or, or your consulting, you know, where, where are you trying to scale to or what, what's your approach? And I always tell people, I'm like, look, I, I turn coaching clients down. Or I refer them out, not and not not everyone, because there are times where I, you know I do accept and bring people on, but I do turn people down and say, "Hey, this might not be the right fit," or let me redirect you because some of the attributes mentioned out the gate, attitude, effort. There's you know I don't want to babysit somebody. I want to work with a certain type of person. Yeah, we don't want to. I want to put out. I want to. I want to work with people that are serious and they want to. They mesh well with my core values. I don't want to work with people that feel like they, they, I don't know, they have a set sense of entitlement. I mean, I would just much rather send them to somebody else on the team. Like, I don't really, if you're not going to, you're not going to be in sync with me. And I feel like I don't, I know I can, I can help. I believe that I've developed enough value over the years and I'm not trying to sound pompous, but I can help anyone accomplish anything they want to accomplish because it all starts here. Right. But I don't want that to come across in a bad way because that makes me a lot more selective of the people that I want to work with and align myself with. You don't realize how much that you, everyone goes in the office. If some of you are in the office right now listening to this, I appreciate you. And you look at the next person next to you. Would you really want to go and have a burger with that person and hang out with them? <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, no. Like, if you don't, if you said, no, I don't want to, everybody wants to enjoy working with people. Like, there's a, so many people out there. There's enough customers out there that I can, you know, pretty much be selective with and getting the right ones around me that I'm going to enjoy what I do. A lot of people, they're not going to mesh with, with, I guess, me being aggressive. I'm very aggressive when it comes to business. Very aggressive because I, 
that's the approach that I need to take in business. That's, that's, I, I don't do things. It's either there's two different um, levels, right? You got off and on for me. <laughs> there's not off in the one or two or three or dials. There's off and on. There's no light. It's every, no days off. So that light switch is always on. You got a piece of duct tape on that light switch. Move. Because when my foot hits the ground in the morning, morning, I'm moving, Anthony. I ain't got no time for it, man. I mean, if you're not about, a, if you're not with me, you're against me at that point. Either you're going. The time's the only non-renewable resource in life. We're never. No one's getting out alive. No one is getting out alive. And once you come to understand that you're going to kick the bucket one day, you're going to start being a little bit more attention to how you spend your time or invest your time. I hope that makes sense because it goes, now just where I'm trying to share that piece with you because in your listeners to understand it's not about just me being selective and me trying to make money. I'm trying to make sure that I'm going to conserve my time to do the things that I enjoy doing, but it just so happens that I enjoy business more. Than I enjoy anything else in the world. So that's what I do all day. Dude, that, that approach, that, that mental approach is so key. It's so fundamental. I mean, it's one of the things that, that I preach in the whole catapulting commissions, uh, a mentality of achieving goals. I always say, you know, the mental we've, you've mentioned a couple of times, you have to have a mental approach dialed down first long before a tactical strategy is implemented. And you know, you, you have to give yourself permission to be great in order to be great. And that has to happen by yes. the, the hardcore beliefs that you have, your core values, creating that environment for success and changing that. So I definitely dig that, man. I think that that approach is phenomenal attitude, effort, working with you, having those, having that decision belonging to you. So Winject Inc, you're, you've, mm-hmm. you coach and consult multiple companies and you started within your own traditional company where, you know, for lack of better, you, you cut your teeth on. You learned your industry. You learned your craft. Yeah. But now you're expanding your Winject approach to really any industry. So walk me through this approach. Right. The, I guess just like you said, lack of better terms, the way to kind of describing it, I got involved been in sales for you know over 15 years now, but in a lot of different types of industries. But when I struck out on my own seven, eight years ago, um, I cut my teeth on some international, you know, companies and started rubbing elbows with some major players, which was, I'm so grateful for that. I had an opportunity to come in contact with so many people out there that, you know, really want the best out of everyone. I'm having an abundance type of lifestyle, not the ones that are trying to screw you over. <laughs> I guess you would think it's the ones that you see out there. Um, but they showed me a lot of different ways. I'm actually not just taking me just selling at a high level. I was doing, you know, multi-million dollar deals and setting up different types of, you know, lucrative deals and how to structure, you know, organizations. I need to learn how to the financial side and structuring my own organizations. When I took that to another level, I did very well for myself. Anthony, about three or four years, I was earning, you know, over a million dollars in commissions, you know, revenue counted for each and every month for, I think it was over three years straight. There wasn't a month that I didn't produce over a million dollars in revenue for the company. So, Obviously, that helped me, and I learned a lot through the, within that process. And I went back to the education field and working with the trade schools, and that's where I signed a lot of contracts and taking that type of methodology that I developed within after leaving education and going into the international type of sales, then going and kind of threw my hat in a ring a little bit. And then once I, for two years, I took on a contract and I signed a contract. I think it was like 1.7 for three years, and then I had to restructure that contract because they had 
over 300 to 400% growth within the first six months. And it completely changed the game from them. They went from, I can't say their name because obviously NDA, but they went from, I would say about the top eight in the country. And now they're smashed. They're number one. Okay. So they've done so well. And it's turned from, you know, 28 trade schools to 41 to 49, then to 61. I'm still, I'm still, you know, working with them, but I don't do it on a, just a different capacity because I'm stepped down for that type of role. I'm in the chairman role now. I hired CEOs and hired different things for that, um, which I'm very grateful for. But me going into WinJet, the success that I've had within those, you know, billion dollar companies and trade schools, I'm taking that same approach and say, okay, I want to attack the marketplace in any industry. I'm going to see if I can apply this to any sales, but well, any company. I can apply this strategy and methodology and, and aligning my sales process within their process. What I'm basically going to do is I'm a co-founder for it. I'm a managing director and also my co-founder, um, the guy from my show, the, the win-win effect podcast, West base, um, which you were on the show. I'm very excited about um, this type of venture for ourselves. He, in which he focuses on a different part of the business. I focus on more about the align alignment process with the education side and all that knowledge of working with, you know, educational counsel, nationally accredited programs it takes because it when you're i know i'm giving this a long-winded answer but i'm trying to give a little bit more idea for your listeners to understand this you can't just when the information i know about education and education council and understanding you're ticking all the boxes of accreditations you can't just build a program and say it's nationally accredited you got to go through because those agencies have to be dysregulated you have to go through audits every three months to be able to keep your accreditations and how they keep their accreditations isn't about the number they enroll into a program. It's about the ones that see success at the end. Okay. So you can't just enroll someone into a program. We talked about this on the, on the last episode towards the end about me taking away from them. That's where that comes from. Me taking it completely away from them and having them going, Hey, I don't qualify to, you know, for this program, because I have shitty ass attributes, I have core values, or whatever that is for them, they could say, hey, I want to go into I'm, I'm really good working with my hands. And I really want to learn HVAC, I want to learn whatever, then yeah, they qualify for those types of, you know, programs, you can't just take someone and say, hey, I want to become an entrepreneur, and I want to make a million dollars. Well, you want to become a millionaire, do what billionaires do. That's how you become a millionaire, pretty quickly. I like okay, it's not that yeah, it's not that difficult. So that's where that process and that's where all that methodology comes from. It comes from me taking what I know from education and then applying that same type of similar process within another process of people just trying to GM product and services down your throat. You mentioned the ones that been in sales for 30 years and you see the big names out there. I'm not knocking them. I read their books, love those guys. I see them, you know, different out there and I'm not trying to challenge you guys. I'm just don't, it doesn't, I mean, you're irrelevant to me is what I'm basically saying to you because what, how much success I've had over the years with this approach. And it's, if me paying attention to all the people that have done this for 30, 40 years, I can still celebrate you and clap and stay and not tip my hat to you. Congratulations on all your success, all of it. And I'm blessed to even know your name. Great. I appreciate you. But <laughs> until you're ready to stand next to me and prove that you can actually do it in today's marketplace, that's a different story. Now, yeah, now you're my competition. So that's why I'm a, that's why I'm attacking that type of marketplace with that type of methodology because I know it works. I'm proving it, proving it day in day out on not just the customer satisfaction ratios or getting through the program. The ones that are actually seeing success because they're qualifying their buyer a lot faster and more rapidly. 
and they're doing it with ease just by that approach. So many nuggets in, in that, in, in how you just described the wind inject approach. I mean, you're honestly, you're injecting a new approach into sales that <laughs> is relevant, is fresh, adapts to the time being. Mention your partner, Wes, who's also on the Win Win Effect podcast. We are going to be working to get Wes on the Catapult Commission's podcast and picking his brain and diving in and, and getting some of his understanding. In this WinJack methodology, so you 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 learned it in the trade schools, you're you're rolling it out, you're you're jumping into industries. Is there a mental shift? Is there a different approach? Or yeah, I guess let's go with mental shift. Is there a mental shift somebody has to take to say, hey, I'm going to bring the WinJack methodology to my organization. I used to use, we'll just put XYZ, list any other sales methodology right. approach in there. I don't want to, I don't want to bash anyone. And, and if, uh, you know, I recently posted a blog on sales processes and sales methodologies, and you know, you can get my opinion on those there. Any one of these other methodologies, I'm going to go with the WinJack approach. Is there a big shift or change that someone has to make before adapting that approach? Yes and no. Okay. A lot of people, if they're willing to make that shift, they're already going to do it within their own mind. The ones that you have to kind of, like, I guess, force to make that type of shift, those are the ones you don't want around your organization. Because they're so caught up in and, I guess, in love with scripts and the traditional way of selling. I can't, you, you couldn't pay me enough because it's, it's, it's unethical in my opinion like NLPs, tons of holes in that stuff. I mean, yes, I, you can understand the psychology and persuading people, but if you're persuading them to do something they're going to regret, then what's the fucking point? You know what I mean? Like it's buyer remorse. Like people don't want to be manipulated to make decisions. We're going to make a decision together collectively. If I believe this is a right fit for you, and here's the reasons why, X, X, X. And I'm going to tell them why I don't believe they're the right fit for this program. Product or service are good. It doesn't, I don't give a shit if they're selling a popsicle, Anthony. You don't know the type of person to like, you told me earlier that you didn't like lemon. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why am I going to sell you a fucking lemon popsicle? You see my point. If you can, I can do this for any company, but they're going to have to first want to be successful within their own mind and that winning mentality and be willing to lose and embrace that losing. Cause it's two words in the English dictionary. Are very powerful. Get. Now, whenever I want to write this down, get G E T. And then yet, Y-E-T, two very powerful words. I don't have to do what I do for a living, Anthony. I get to do what I do for a living. And what I do during, throughout my day of trying to become 1% better every day, I'm going to have a lot of opportunities there to learn from setbacks or failures. And doesn't mean that I'm failing, I just haven't found the right way of going about accomplishing my goals yet. Once I figure out how to do it, then that yet comes into play. I'm already telling my brain, I'm going to figure it out. I just haven't found the right way yet. So if you're struggling, if you're listening to this and you're struggling getting to the, the numbers that you really want to, just love the process. It's not about the goal. It's not about, it's who you turn your, it's the pursuit during that goal and you're going through your process and, and in that plane that, infinite game of business or infinite game of success. In my opinion, I told Wes, we mentioned Wes, he's going to have to bury me with a phone just in case they don't make a mistake. Because I'm telling you right now, I'm going to any day to end why I'm moving, man. This is what I love to do. I made that decision a long time ago. A lot of people don't really get with that, but there's a certain amount of people that 
understand that the hard work and dedication it takes to become successful. It's not about success for me. It's about, are my kids going to be able to look at me and say, that's my dad. I'm proud of my dad or whatever. My family back home, like I'm proud of my son. I'm proud of my, I'm proud of my uncle. I'm proud of my brother for him accomplishing the things. Cause they saw me at the very beginning. That's where I raging wars on myself because I didn't understand why I had to overcome all this adversity in my life. Why me? Poor me. Bullshit. Right? No, you got to try You look at it in a different way. That was getting me ready to overaccomplish all the things that I'm setting out for myself. Now it makes it worth it. It's part of the process. It's a pursuit who you turn yourself into. Am I more valuable to my family now today? Yes. But I had to go through hell to get myself and I'm still going through it. I'm not perfect. I put my pants on just like you, Anthony, the listeners out there, we all put our pants on a similar way. Don't put people on a pedestal. Don't ever, I mean, there's certain people in the world that I probably would, time would stop if I met them just for a second, then I would blink and just be grateful that I had an opportunity to meet that person. But I'm not going to put them on a pedestal. They're not better than me in any way, situation or form. Nope. They, they got a time and expiration date on them as well. They don't know it. I don't know mine. I'm going to live. Hey, I wanted to take a quick minute and interrupt this episode for a second. I hope you're enjoying what you've heard thus far. Are you a sales professional or do you manage a team of sales professionals? I imagine you know someone who struggles with complacency. I'm talking about the sales rep who has all the tools to be a top performer, but just can't seem to get past the mental hurdle that is holding them back. I completely understand and I relate with you. That is why I've created a detailed approach on how to get out of this stage of complacency and put yourself in position to achieve your next sales goal. Be sure to visit my website, catapultingcommissions.com once there, you can find the link to pick up a copy of my international best-selling book, Catapulting Commissions. Now, let's get back to our show. I love that. I mean, I, I have sat down with some incredibly talented, successful people that mm. are, you know, I don't, I don't want to name drop, but I mean, these are people you're like, oh my goodness. And you know what, dude? They're right. just like me and you. Yeah. They're normal yeah. people like to have that conversation uh, so so on that you're absolutely right and the get and the get i love that do you get to do this and and in that process mm-hmm. you're saying right love the process love the journey because the journey is where growth is going to come from and that process yes is who we become you hit the scripts i could i mean i can't tell you how many times you know i, I do a lot of market research and and, and you know my, my audience knows right i launched the catapult to brand January 2020, which has been filled with a lot of unexpected adversities, a lot mm-hmm. of ups and downs. And so learning to navigate a business in a new world, in, in, a, in a new age has definitely caused me, you know, I do a lot of market research. I've, I've learned, I have a team that puts a lot of my stuff together. I can't tell you how many times, Chris, I see people offering me or selling me their scripts. Hey, here's my script. Here's my script. Sign up for my list. You're going to get my script. Or I, you know, spend a thousand bucks. I'm going to give you my 40 most magical, powerful scripts. But people are buying it. None of that shit works. None of that shit's going to work. It's, it's people are buying the emotion. People are buying the thought of mm-hmm. if I get this script, man, my insurance agency is going to blow up to seven figures by, by putting this script in the hand of my receptions and putting this script in the hand of my sales team. That's that's not the answer, and it's so funny, right? I I've challenged that, and to hear you agree with me on that, and 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 it's probably why we get along so well. The, there's 
zero authentic approach. There's zero fully understanding of what you're trying Mm -hmm. to accomplish. You're giving a very traditional, think about this. Would the NFL work if everyone had the same script? But and no, it'd be it'd be fucking boring, right? No, Nobody would want to watch boring, that. Man. It doesn't apply. So boring. Everything's pre-scripted. Yeah, it's not authentic. I mean, you can manipulate people just by asking. And don't get me wrong, if you're a script person, and I'm not trying to shit all over this, if that's for you, great. But you don't need to read that shit word for word and make it your own. Luckily for myself, that I and I'm saying lucky because I look at it as it's one of my gifts. Like I was born with the dyslexia i can't i can't read that well growing up it's not that i can't read it's just i can't stop my eyes from moving all the words just go together Mm -hmm. completely i was on a show um recently in an interview they're like oh we use teleprompter i was like i don't need that shit okay i'm gonna read it (laughs) (laughs) it's like that just distracting me man you know i I know what i'm talking about we're good Uh, you know i've already at pre-call analysis is another piece i'm gonna talk about here in a minute but we so when I'm looking at a script, all the words would go together. I'm not myself. I need to make it myself. I need to, how can I, Is a human element comes into play. It has to. You're talking to another fucking human, man. There's another human being on the other end of that phone. Connect with them. It's not that hard to connect with people if you take out, you take all the, the stuff that would stress you out. It's Take it out. It, just, it, just break through their emotional bullshit just by having a conversation. Man, what's going on, Anthony? And they'd be like, oh, I'm doing pretty good. And then, then I'm going to start to make the purpose of my meeting. I didn't mean to catch you off guard. My name is Chris Ross, and I'm calling from blah, 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 blah. But that's, all, that's just for me introducing you myself. Anthony, the purpose of my call today is X, Y, Z. That's it. Now we're, in this, now we're in a sales script. Now we're having a conversation. You get, and, and here's, here's the problem with salespeople. I'm going to tell you the number one problem. I'm listening. They're forcing a conversation. When they're calling someone, all they're doing is they're trying to force a conversation. First, you got to get them agree with you <laughs> that they were they are open to have a fucking conversation. That's the first sale, <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> there it is, right there. You can't, and, and that's the ones that are trying to force that conversation, Anthony, and the ones with sales scripts because they're just trying to get through the page as quickly as possible. You know, there's, Man, there's I, I, that, that sales script you're talking about, you, you say that a couple things come to mind, right? If I was to go pick up on a girl, right? My wife, let's just use my wife. Cause I'm going to save my, mm-hmm. let's say if I was to go back and I wanted to go and reintroduce myself to my wife, if I had a script on how to approach and talk to my oh, wife, man. she would have told me to kick rocks. It was authentic. <laughs> it was genuine. I fumbled some words. Mm-hmm. I was definitely nervous, but you know what? It was an authentic approach. That same relationship, that same engagement is what we do in sales. And when you find these scripts, and there's people who are very successful in scripts, and I'm not going to say you can't be it. And, and, mm-hmm. and for full transparency, maybe one day I'll bring someone on the show who loves scripts and we can talk about it. But there is um, I, I, my opinion and my approach. And for me, I've definitely have lost some of the authentic uh, approaches to that with, that with that script mentality. And the script mentality in my opinion, gives people an excuse for a lack of preparation. Because you talk about, you know, there's a yes, pre-call plan. 100%. But we get this false sense of security when we have a script in our hands. I've sat on a sales call, uh, this is maybe four years ago, and, and the person that was running the sales call, one of the largest healthcare organizations in the country. And we're sitting in a meeting, and, and he set the meeting. 
I was just promoted to my new role and, and we were in, and I had, I went from a, a individual contributor to a huge book of business with a huge team. And so we sat in this meeting with this large healthcare organization that had we got the business would have changed the lives for everyone who was in my organization. So I sat in the meeting. I, I mean, I'm in the role for less than two months. And I watched this executive quote unquote salesperson run with the script and his agenda so much so that he never heard anything uh, that, that was being told to him. Active listening skill. You got to have that skill. It, I, I listen to a lot of calls, a lot. Of, it's part of my, it's part of my audit piece. When I go to take on a new contract within a company, mm -hmm. usually what I do is I have them, you know, pay for my pay for the audit, you know, 25K, 50K for me to even take a look at their company within it, see if I can make an impact. And after that audit piece, it usually takes me about two weeks, depending on how big your corporation is. So a couple of things, things that I do is I ask some of their sales directors, divisions, whatever, send me a snapshot, a couple of calls, like two to three of, of each phase of the within their process. And I'll listen to them. It makes some of these sales, man, it, the bigger companies are worse. Yes. You know why they're worse? Because <laughs> they have a sales script. Yeah. The ones that have sales scripts are the worst companies. And I, I appreciate it. So if you're using a script in, inside a major corporation, send me an email. I will take over a contract. I'll take that, comp I'll take that over for you. <laughs> I promise you. Because they're, one, they're the ones that have the worst numbers. But the billion-dollar billion companies, the reason why they're able to afford that and are not, they can be in red. Because they, they can afford it. They can have the marketing costs. They can do whatever they need to do on promotions. It sells themselves. But their salespeople suck. Like, they suck. Like, they're awful. But it's not about them sucking. They were just trained poorly. And by leaders that, well, lack their, that's a lack. Those are managers, in my opinion. They're the ones that just, and the ones that are managers, they're put into a leadership role, expecting them to become a leader. You don't need a title to be a, be a leader. Sometimes the best top-performing reps aren't the best leaders or manager material. hundred percent. They're not. Couldn't agree with you They're more. Not. They're not. They're just not. So it all comes back from me listening to calls and me breaking things down. There's only a certain amount, all these humans in the world, all these different, there's only a certain amount of personalities that you have. And there's only a certain amount of patterns that you have, emotional patterns. It's the ones that develop enough emotional intelligence, the understanding the science and the psychology behind sales that can be able to adapt to make the proper adjustments on the fly on the phone to make those make an impact. When I listen to calls, I'm like, damn, if they would actually listen to their call, they know why they would, they're not hitting the numbers that they need to hit. Like, why don't they listen to their calls? Like, oh, I don't like to listen to my voice. I don't like to do this. It takes too much time. It'll, that's the first thing they say after that piece, Anthony, it takes too much time. Mm. Time. It takes too much time. So now we're going to look at, and now I'm going to investigate how you invest your time or how you spend your time and what you spend your time on. We are in a society right now where 98% of the world is giving their wealth to 2% of people. Okay. Giving it to them on a silver platter, handing it to them. And they're always going to give it to them because they're living life saying to themselves, they don't have enough time. Everyone's <laughs> Oprah Winfrey, Michael Jordan, Bill Gates, all these successful people, guess, guess what? Guess how many hours they have in their day? 24, what you do with it. You don't think about like, all the 30 to 40,000 decisions that you make every day on average. Some of them, they're meaningless. Like, 
what shirt should I wear? Right. <laughs> what shoe should I wear? You know, all these different decisions that you make, choices. But the big ones, you got like, should I end this relationship? Should I continue on this relationship? Am I happy? But a lot of people, there aren't, they're not paying attention and they're not analyzing it or, or that just like in sales, a pre-call analysis. I do a lot of an analyzing before I even, my approach, before I even go, I got a game plan. I can't walk into a call with zero game plan. I need to know what the hell I'm doing. Why? What's happening prior? People don't like to repeat themselves. So if you're inside of a sales process within the process and you got to repeat yourself over and over and over, they're going to indirectly feel like they haven't been heard the whole time. That's disrespectful. I want to, I want to know so much more about them that I want to know, understand what they're thinking and why they're here and what their motivating factor is. If they have to ask me for what the, my advice, I want I make it my fucking job, Anthony, my job to know what they want deep deeply want without them telling me yeah this is so much value on this show and and i'm telling my listeners my audience if you have to rewind and listen to this again do so if you didn't catch the first episode be sure to click the previous link and listen to that episode that that approach and that pre-call analysis of where you're disrespecting mm -hmm. the customer's time it's it happens all the time people get put into positions of leadership and called sales managers where they're not ready to lead you don't need the title. I, I just had this conversation with someone who works directly for me who doesn't have the title, but I, I shared with her, I said, you don't have the title, you have the following, which is way more important than the freaking title. Ooh. And the, the title is going to come because the following is there. And the people who make these decisions to give you titles in this organization are starting to notice that. That's how you get into positions of leadership, mm -hmm. develop the following. And, and we can discuss leadership and leadership principles for, for a whole nother episode, another day. But that, that, that approach of you don't need a title to be a leader. You just need to be a damn leader and people will recognize mm -hmm. and follow that. So, so much power. But if we, if we're, I want to, I want to dial, dial back on a, like a sales practice here a little bit, your, your, oh. your pre-call analysis, uh, you said something that, that I, I, I love to hear right? Don't disrespect your prospect's time. Don't disrespect mm -hmm. someone else's time by asking the same questions, repeating information. Essentially, you're just showing up to a test saying, I haven't done my homework. I don't respect your time today. And, and, and I hope at the end you buy my product or service. What is it that right, as a standard? Yeah. What, what during your pre-call or this pre-call analysis, what information are you trying to extract and how are you trying to extract it? you know, someone who's working with you in your organization, what are, what are, what are their checks and balances? What do they want to know before they get to quote unquote, the pitch or the appointment or the presentation, whatever we want to call it. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, great question. By the way, a lot of people don't, they kind of skip over that of understanding the process behind it. So I'm excited to answer this. It's going to be, I'm going to try to break it off in different pieces. So that way it can be more effective for your listeners. The first thing first is asking yourself, what is the outcome you're looking for? Okay. So when you're trying to, you know, pre-call analysis and breaking down your approach, maybe we can start with the first call and I can do the second and follow up. Okay. The first call, my pre-call analysis of me understanding how much information do I know about that person as I possibly can. So that could be driven by your marketing, maybe a questionnaire, could be something to where my reps are going to be able to look at, hey, this person's from Oklahoma, this person's from whatever, this person's from whatever. I even go as far as I've done in the past and train my admin staff, taking their email and putting it into Google, see what pops up. 
I want to know who they are and what they're about. So that way I don't need to ask them. Okay. Then it's going to go with me taking control of that first meeting. I don't need to like say, I'm going to take control now. It's a pivot point. You have your introduction, then you have your discovery, then I'm going to, then you're going to tie enough emotion with the discovery to make more sense and turning into, you know, the emotional side and the logical side. Cause you buyers don't make decisions without justifying the logic. You have to understand and feel it first. Okay. Then you're setting the next call, the point, the call of actions, the next call, next appointment, whatever that touch point is for you. During that end of that first call, I will say something like this. Like, Anthony, I appreciate you giving me the information that you did today. It was straightforward. I understand how I can help you. But there's a couple different things that I am going to discuss with you and kind of set you up for the next process and how I operate to make sure I can make more of an impact in each encounter, okay? So if that time, can I take two to three minutes real quick? go through that process with absolutely you. like yeah right like okay perfect write this down if you don't do me a favor and they're already usually they're already writing things down it's usually what i ask them to do in the beginning of the call anyway so what i would like for you to do is your assignments you're going to be working on you're going to do a recap here's your assignments for today here's what you're going to be working on and you're in what i'm going to be working on is figuring out how i can you know listen to your maybe listen to this call again maybe pick out some of the things that you said with my notes i know i've learned a lot about you know, your, I guess, background, I learned a lot about what you're trying to accomplish, what your motivating factors, learn a lot about you. But what did you learn from this meeting? And they're like, and they're going to tell me now. And they're like, well, I learned this, this, this. I want to make sure we're all in the chin, same chin of music. We got complete transparency, right? Then I'm going to say, here's what I would like for you to do. When you're completing your assignments, and if you can send these over, make sure they're in my inbox, 12 hours or four hours or six hours or three hours, whatever that is for you, Send that over to my, my admin staff so that way they can put it into your file. Because here's what I do, Anthony. And this is what, why I believe that I've made such a huge impact with these companies and corporations in the way that I have. 15 to 20 minutes before our call, next call, I'm going to sit down and go through my notes, go through your assignments, go through and look for the little small little angles on how I can make an impact with you, not just on a business level, on a personal level as well, because I believe that if you merge them together into the same method, same approach, then you can accomplish anything you want in life. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. But yes. Let's break this down for a second. What I did, I'm indirectly telling them on how much I care about their future. 15 minutes before I call, I'm breaking it down. I don't need to do that. What I'm doing on every meeting is I'm like, how can I make an impact with this person? They, now I don't ever need to say it to them again. They're going to feel that my intentions are pure because they are, and I'm going to prove it by my actions. So my next meeting, and this is how, this is where a lot of salespeople, you can do that. Great. You can probably listen to the tonality, replaying it back, but in live calls, it's going to be difficult because you're going to get on the next meeting and you're just not going to check in. Now I need to put them right back in the same emotion again, when I, because I'm going to leave high, I'm going to start to call high and leave high, never low. Okay. Middle, that's the low pieces goes up and down, up and down, up and down. When I go to that next call, I'm going to approach it like this. Anthony, I really appreciate you showing up on time for the meeting. Um, I've been looking forward to this. I had some time to look it over my last notes with you. I had some time to look over your assignments. It's a couple of things that, you know, I'm going to mention before we get into that. How have you been? Good. Great. Things are going well. What am I trying to do? I can't just jump on a call and just know and just be all directive. I need to get in a rapport. Now it's personal. Yeah. So, yeah, how was your week? I'm going to pick out something that you said. My dog named Danger had it, you know, he got neutered. Okay, well, how's Danger doing? That's, <laughs> like, I don't know. Like, that's rapport. That's how to build a relationship. 
then 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 I'll go into okay, great. Now we're going to discuss business and then go into there, and then it was same same format, same method. So I know that this was a long winded answer, but that's the approach. That's the what they need to they need to understand the process. So on their assignments, I always put on the bottom of any additional feedback you want to give Chris, right? So that's my assistant send them any additional feedback that could help him make a better decision or make a proper adjustment or recommend you for a program. Make sense? See how that recommendation? So they're always going to be trying to impress me and I'm always going to try to figure out if they're the right fit or not. Do they have what it takes? Are they showing me, you know, showing me through their actions? Are they putting forth a lot of effort? Do they, do they have the right attitude? Yes. Right. So congratulations. I'm going to coach you and I'm going to help you through this process, but you can't just not just show up to meetings or not putting the effort. They're going to do that by submitting all the questionnaires and submitting all the forms or, and this is what I train companies and corporations on. If they're willing to adapt that type of approach, because that approach is difficult. It takes a lot of time, but that's where you need to be able to understand how you invest your time in your personal lives. Like luckily for myself, I surround myself with only successful people. Okay. So I don't, I don't get around negative bullshit. I just don't, I don't entertain negative conversations. I don't like the ones that talk about this victim mentality stuff. I don't know, man, you, you play it apart. You made a decision. What led you there? You put yourself there. It's just your fault. It's not the world's fault. You put yourself there. I tell students that I can give a shit what you did before me, before Chris. Okay. BC, I can care less. Whatever led you here is some decisions and choices you made over time. So what I'm going to do now is I can work with you on maybe some of your conditioning. Maybe it could be your mindset, the way that you're looking at life, your outlook, your mentality, whatever. Because systems, and as we're, as we're on this call right now, Anthony, we're doing something very similar. We're passing time. So all we're doing is pass the time. And as we're passing time, the world's evolving. Systems change. Product services change. Companies change. Look at what's happening right now in the world, okay? Everything is changing for me for the better. I made more money in the last six months than I have <laughs> in, the, in the whole year last year. And, you know, I did it very well last year, Anthony. Very well, exceptionally well. You know, so because everyone's, re- they're looking for a product and service, looking for something that it's a high need. Everyone's working from home or trying to work from home. I've just been doing this my whole life. So I feel sorry for the ones that are trying to build something online. If you're not online <laughs> right now, you're dead your company is going to die yeah. because the world is never going to go back the way it was. It's not, you just have to come to terms with that. So that a whole approach, it goes with everything the part of. So when I go to that last message, is there any additional feedback that you can provide Chris before his next meeting that could make an impact? I would definitely urge you to provide that information. You're going to be open and honest. There's zero judgment in these meetings. I talk a lot about that. So that whole approach, it needs to be, ingrained into your core value like it needs to be a part of you because it's not about a system or a method that approach has everything to do with who i am like i want the best out of everyone and that's the belief that 100 belief in abundance and living in abundance it's a lifestyle bro it's a lifestyle you got to really want the best out of for everyone i can give a shit there's enough money out there for all of us i just proved that two percent of the world own the 98 percent of the world's wealth that's a staggering number I mean, when I say that to you, did, did you have you did you know that prior to this meeting? Uh, I, I, <laughs> That's a crazy number. Yeah. Crazy number. Do you want to be a top one percent in the world of what you do or in your country? Do the things that I'm talking about, dude, and you'll transform yourself into those numbers. I I couldn't think of a better note for us to wrap this show up on, dude. Chris, that 
that approach, if you didn't haven't taken notes on that, you know, I don't want to call it a script, but Chris's message that he just delivered, you know, start high and high, how he's working with his clients, how he sets the expectation to build rapport and in an authentic mm-hmm. manner, which I dig because everyone's like, oh, you build rapport and you have people with these really unauthentic approaches because their script says build rapport. And so they try to build rapport and it just doesn't come off natural. And the dialogue you and I just shared right now on this call was as natural as it can be and as scripted as can be. There's no script Chris is following. There's no script that I'm following. It is 100% just a dialogue between two people. And so that, that is key. You deliver so much value here. Now, now, Chris, when someone wants to work with you or learn the Winject approach or, or take their mm-hmm. sales skills to the next level, very clear we discussed, you do help corporations take, them, take their yeah. skills to the next level. Can individuals work with you or work with somebody in your organization or is it solely for corporate clients right now? Um, not for, I mean, just for any kind of company, but I, I'm very selective of the contracts that we want to sign. We want to make sure that, we're getting the right ones. I don't want to be overstaffed or overstimulated and not be able to, you know, do what I do at a very high level. It's all about making sure that we're taking on the right clients. Some of the clients, obviously, with the NDAs and the things that we've been discussing, there's some big names out there that we're working with that are asking us and you know for our services of I me mean, doing audits. Um, there's some really cool people, but actually getting to us, we are always hiring new salespeople. We're training them within. That's probably the best way. Um, I don't sell any front-end or back-end products um, with my companies. I don't. Uh, what I do is strictly going inside of companies and comp- corporations and aligning processes and maximizing their you know, results to a very high level. But some of the, sometimes it, they've never experienced, they never thought it would be actually feasible possible. Okay, so you can find my website, my personal brand website, chrisrossofficial.com. Um, my social media is with the whole sales thing. This is Chris Ross. Or if you go on Instagram, I didn't win the rights to for my name on Instagram. So it's just Chris Ross, um, Winjet um, Incorporated, um, winjet.com. It could be tcrconsultingagency.com. That website will be changing because obviously I'm a chairman now moving over to, it'll be TCR Education Corporation. But other than that, easiest probably place to find me. Just go to chrisrossofficial.com or listen to the Win Win Effect show. And you hear myself, Wes Beige, you check out Anthony's um show when he was episode when he was on i believe it just launched this past week got over about forty thousand downloads so far which i'm so freaking just massive zero marketing zero zero that stuff it's just word of mouth and getting the right people on the show i could get over 200 downloads a month it's freaking nuts man i don't even know how people listen to me that much or listening to people coming on the show but I'm very grateful. I really do appreciate everything, especially yourself. Well, I definitely appreciate the opportunity. 40,000 downloads on the Win-Win Effect podcast, episode 50 featuring myself, Anthony Garcia. I am incredibly humbled and honored to have that opportunity. I'm thankful to, to bring you on the Catapulted Commissions podcast as we work to continue to grow our subscribers, grow our downloads, grow our listening. And the mm-hmm. value you provided over the last two weeks, I mean, is a staple. That is exactly uh, what the Catapult Commission's podcast uh, show is about. So I appreciate you sharing that. All the links Chris just shared right now, we'll find in the show notes. If you're on the YouTube, check the show notes below. Uh, any one of your local podcast players, you also find the show notes. As always, you can get any more information about Chris uh, through my links on the website, anthonypgarcia.com or catapultingcommissions.com. Guys, Chris Ross, 
trademark Chris Ross because he has the rights to his name on Instagram. So it's super easy to find him on Instagram. Thank you for joining the show today. Catapulting Commissions family. Be sure to click subscribe. I will see you guys next week. Well, that does it for today's episode on Catapulting Commissions with Anthony Garcia. If you found some value in today's show, please be sure to head over to iTunes and leave a five-star rating. Don't forget to subscribe to Catapulting Commissions. That way you get notified of new episodes every week. Lastly, please take a screenshot of today's show and share it on Instagram. Every week, I'll be giving away a signed copy of my best-selling book to one person who tags me at Anthony P. Garcia 99 and includes the hashtag catapulting commissions. Thank you for your time, and I look forward to helping you achieve higher commissions. <laughs>